You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! mother. Every day we get weaker while they get stronger. It's finished. Two days ago, I saw a vehicle that had hauled that tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind. Part of the Mackie and Judd go to the movies collection of movie reviews because we just had a discussion about expanding it yeah. to other genres that we will bring up at the end of this edition of Action Movie Rewind. But this week's flick was a throwback to the early 1980s and early Mel Gibson, Mad Max 2, Road Warrior from 1982. I'm going to read the summary here, give a couple nuggets, and then we can do a full deep dive here as we normally do. I believe we are 25 movies into Action Movie Rewind. We rank them. We parse them apart. Here's the summary. After avenging the death of his wife and young son at the hands of a vicious gang leader, that was in the first Correct. Mad Max, Max, Mel Gibson, drives a post-apocalyptic, I'm sorry, drives the post-apocalyptic highways of the Australian outback fending off attacks from nomadic tribes that prey on outsiders, falling into an encampment led by the relatively peaceful Papagallo, Max at first schemes to steal their oil, but soon becomes the group's reluctant defender against the hulking Lord Humongous and his ruthless marauders. Mel Gibson and a bunch of random Australian dudes starred in this movie, 93% 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Also worth noting here that for two decades, Mad Max, the original, was the most profitable film of all time based on percentage of budget to box office receipts. It took in, this, is the, this, is, this isn't this one, it's the original one, took over $100 million worldwide from a budget of around 400000 Australian dollars. This record was surrendered to the Blair Witch Project in 1999 for a low-budget film Horrible. turning into awful film. Overrated Blair Witch Project. Really? Oh, I went to the really? theater to see it because it was all the rage. Terrible film. Yuck. Sorry. I would say overrated film. Oh, I was so bored. I don't know if I would say that. I, was so I like it. I was so bored. I like it. I was so bored. Okay. Well, let's start with Judd here. Mad Max, <laughs> the sequel. Your biggest takeaways. All right. First of all, not my type of film at all. I wouldn't, if I came across this, I would flip so fast it would make your head spin. Um, my favorite part was probably the, the end, the, the scenery, which uh, showed Australia in all its glory. Uh, there was no dialogue to did, wait, speak. Did it? Yeah. Did no, the, it, it did. It's, it's mentioned actually in the Wikipedia write-up yeah, about, about it showed when, the outback. It showed. But when I think Australia scenery. in all of its glory, I think well, like, the gorgeous it's a coast scene. and oceans. No, no, and, no, 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 no. I'm no. with Judd. No, it showed yeah. Australia and all. And I, I ripped that straight off from the uh, Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, the well, 
let me say this as far as the film goes and Declan's choice. The fact that it it is so short, mm-hmm. like it's quick. If that had been two hours, I might not be here today. I might have smothered myself with a pillow with which I watched that film. Um, But it wasn't. It wasn't. And so I knew that there was going to be an end. It felt like in watching it, it felt like half action film, half stage production as an action film, like the dialogue and the way it was and the way it was acted. Um, But I mean, this was this runs so counterintuitive to what I enjoy in films. Okay. That it's really it's really hard for me to comment on because it clearly is popular with lots of people. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not like I can flat out say, well, see, it got a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It didn't. Um, but those are my my first takeaways. Was thank God it's going to be short. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next because Declan picked it and, and Declan can get the the counter word here because I'm just gonna flat out say this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. This was so bad. This was, I cannot believe, I am shocked that this has a 93% Rotten Tomato score. People How like is that stuff. possible? People like it. I mean, give me any random movie, like 93%. What's, a, what's another great movie that you guys have seen? That you like a legitimately great movie that you guys have seen? Uh, well, like, I, like Silence of the Lambs is, is widely regarded, yeah, right? Psycho, Psycho, to go psycho, back to a really psycho, old film that, uh, that I love. Silence of the Lambs on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm maybe I'm going counter to... My point here. So so this movie was a 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. Silence of the Lambs was a 96%. It's basically saying, like, this is the same movie right here. The same movie, Academy Awards everywhere. Um, I just like the, the movie is so weird in that you've got me, like Mel Gibson from New York, by the way, yep. is just in the middle of this, like, low-budget Australian action movie. And there's a story about how this sort of happened. But but the world, it's, it's, so it's post-apocalyptic. I did watch the first one too, so that oh, I would did. have context. Okay. So I've now seen the first two okay. Mad Max movies, and and they start the first one off by it's telling you on the screen a few years into the future, and I think like it's it's just a weird, desolate universe. There's very few people on Earth at this point. At one point in the second one, there's just two naked people in the desert, just like getting it on. I don't know yeah. if you guys remember that part. Yep. You yeah, have a you have a feral child who's growling and throwing a razor edge boomerang throughout the movie. I love it. I'd like to get back to that okay. kid, but I will withhold for now. It feels like this is what the movie felt like to me because I because I'm all in on the Lethal Weapon movies with Mel Gibson, and this is like Mel Gibson's first foray into movies. Like he was a, he was the star of Mad Max before he was the star of Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. It felt like Riggs from Lethal Weapon took some hallucinogens and dreamt all of this up, and like mm-hmm. these are the movies from Riggs's like coked out dreams or something well there's no question that, that the people that did the lethal weapon series watched mel and thought what if we were to add some dialogue and took away the weird like half-assed australian accent i love how he's he's got there's a there's a couple of words that he's like he's got the australian he can kind of do the australian thing once in a while but then it morphs into new york just, city just like half the time american accent which i actually appreciated because then i could understand it right couldn't they just have, couldn't they, once they got into the first couple scenes filming, couldn't they have just said, all right, cut, you know what, just be from New York. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, it's an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic world. Uh, you made your way, you're on vacation but, and there was an apocalypse and you're stuck here. I don't know. And, and it was shot there, but it didn't have to be Australian, right? Like I didn't. Well, take- it was probably easier to take the one guy who doesn't have an accent and teach him one, right, but- Than the twenty guys who do. Mm-hmm. But let the twenty <laughs> people have the accent, and he doesn't, and right. I still don't care. Right. Like it's Arnold not gonna- Schwarzenegger doesn't like 
give you the New York like, accent in his movies. He just talks like this all the time. <laughs> Get on the chopper. I it's like, Arlen, we need a, Arlen, we need a little more Californian accent. No. Yeah. I wouldn't Sorry. come in and say, you know what? This film was great except for one thing. Mel Gibson's accent was off. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was his accent? Also, so. it's kind of hard to tell. Like, So, Judd, didn't, you didn't see the first one, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> no. The first you, one makes more sense in that... He is a he's a police officer. He's yeah. like a state patrol officer who's going out and trying to find these renegade groups and hunt them down. And one of the renegade groups toward the end of the movie kills his his wife and kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a revenge tale. And, and like, you see that, that makes the, sense. You see that in the vignette in the beginning of Mad Max Two that yep. his wife gets run over by the gang of motorcycles. Oh, is that his wife? Yeah. So that happens in the first movie. So that oh, okay. to me, like that makes sense. That plot makes sense. But then, so now he's he's no longer a police officer. He's just kind of like. A renegade drifter guy yeah. who's going around and stealing, helping fuel. people and stealing fuel. Yep. Okay. Just want because like you don't. That, that's why I picked the second one first because you didn't have to see the first one to really get the second one. Like if you if I plopped you in just like Judd basically did, you don't have to really have to know the first story to get the second story. Yeah. And, like, the, and with you now seeing both of them, would you agree with that? It's like a Rocky movie where the hey, we're gonna give you the thirty seconds of what you missed in the first one. Yes. And then like he loses the fight to Apollo, and now you're good. Right. I'd say I'd be good if I hadn't seen both the first and second one, but that's beside the point now because <laughs> well, we're reviewing the second one. Did you guys see Fury Road, the one they made four years ago? Without Mad Max Mel Gibson? Fury Road? No. Okay, so, I mean, this movie is basically the basis of Fury Road. Like, they took Fury, they took Mad Max 2, Road Warrior, and then made Fury Road on steroids. Like, the, that, the, Fury Road is basically the, the chase scene the entire film. So, it, Fury Road is... is is basically based off Mad Max 2. So there's there's four Mad Maxes. There's the original one, the first one. Then there's Mad Max 2, which we're reviewing right now. Yeah. And there's Mad Max Thunderdome with Tina Turner, which is one of the worst that. films of all time. I'm sorry. That is I one of the worst I remember the name, films. though. That that was a hit, I think, right? It also, of all time. It also includes Mel Gibson. Yeah. Would you okay. believe that the... the and then t- they stopped. The 2015 reboot that did not include Mel Gibson had a... Excuse me. A budget. A budget. Of a hundred eighty-five yeah, million dollars. Yeah, I believe that they somehow got clearance to revive this thing from thirty years ago and said, "We're going to give you one of the biggest budgets ever to produce this movie." How did it do? Three hundred seventy-five well. million at the box and office. And it's a good it crush at the box office. Honestly, you would probably enjoy, you would probably enjoy Fury Road more because it's more modern and it, and it's more it's more of the actual action than it is weird creepy am, dialogue. I am not a big post-apocalyptic person though that makes sense like i, I just that. like that that borders on sci-fi mm-hmm. and i'm sorry i i hate sci-fi you covered the 2010 vikings and you're not into post-apocalyptic if it's sci-fi <laughs> no and and that's uh, where i'm splitting here george miller who directed this one also directed fury road oh, wow. 25 years later so, okay. so george miller who's behind most of these right. um so this the, the reason i chose this movie is number one all right it was short it was an 80s one it's more on brand um, I knew you two were going to absolutely hate it. <laughs> Can you start choosing films that you no, know we're going to enjoy? Because a lot of movies you guys pick, I don't enjoy. So I like to give it back you to love you. Top Gun. I love. I liked. Top See, Gun. Actually, part of the issue with us reviewing this Mad Max Two is that I've been thinking about Top Gun all week. I downloaded the soundtrack. I've been listening to it on my way to and from work. <laughs> oh I'd rather just go back. We should almost. You do, are Tom Cruise. Okay, next you week. become Tom Cruise okay. in some ways. Should we just review Top Gun again and just do 45 more minutes on things we didn't even get to next week? Who's with me? When, does the new, when does the new one come out? Is it soon? 
I think it's July. supposed to come out next year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So July yeah, of 21. Year. Okay, okay. Oh, um, we're on that one. But in general, the basis of this one was, all right, so it, it does fit our mold, and it's like it, it's a, it was a family staple in my house. Like It's my, one of my dad's favorite films, so I was like, oh, perfect. I haven't watched this in like 15 years. I know all the lines. Um, and this will be great. <laughs> well, yeah. You know there's all the no lines, lines dude. And there's I no knew. dialogue. But I know all the lines. I've seen it once. Hadn't seen it or like have never seen it. So I was like, perfect. Perfect. Well, action. Crack timing case color has broken a couple of teeth off the timing gear. Yeah, the radiator's damaged the core. The radiator's damaged at the core. It's got a cracked water pump. It's got a cracked water pump. And a fractured injector line. It's got a fractured injector line. Well, what does all that mean? Yeah, okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean? 24 hours. 24 hours? You got 12. They've got 12. You've got 12. Okay. 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 <laughs> it sounds like Monty Python. It, 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 that's a great point. It felt like a Monty Python movie, but it wasn't. You guys didn't appreciate the football pads, which are basically on like every single person. And the, the hockey, and the, the oh, hockey goalie pads. masks that they found somewhere. Oh, yeah, we've man. got more observations along the way. Oh, yeah. So... And, I'm sorry, Dex. Go back. But to I know I, I just it, it, I, I haven't seen it in a while. It's it's Mel Gibson. It's 80s. I felt like it was going to be very on brand for the choice. And even though that I would knew you guys would hate it too. So I think let's let's parse apart the conflict here because that's where I was a little bit I was a little bit confused for a while about like okay what is the conflict here? So you've got the settlers mm-hmm. who live in this compound that's walled off by tires and buses, and you've got this this tanker fuel truck that there was a twist on later on. And they want to get to a beach that's 2,000 miles away, right? They just want to get the hell out of here, away from the marauders, as they're called. And the marauders are led by Lord Humongous, who wears a Jason Voorhees mask and dominatrix leather straps and is in the mix for, like, I would say best dressed villain in any of the movies that we have. And we've got in this film a lot of ass chaps. That's what I was going to say. That's where you've got Wes, who is the top lieutenant for Humongous. Who wears the assless chaps in a mohawk? And I believe it said in one of the plot summaries that it was his boyfriend that took the the the, the blonde guy that yeah. took the uh, boomerang to the head From and the died. Camp. That like they were together apparently. Yes. And so they the marauders want the gasoline that the settlers have in their compound. And basically, all of the villains look like the bass player in Twisted Sister. Like that's yes. that was my main takeaway. Just assless chaps like mohawks yep. and weird eighties sort of goth and and punk vibe. Um, what are the other things that stood out to you guys with Mad Max 2? Okay, my favorite thing, and this was not meant to be funny, but it was. Did you guys notice, and it was as if they decided that some of the action scenes, that the vehicles move too slow. Oh, yeah. It it literally looks like they, in the post-production, decide to speed things up. So, like a, so like it's, a, it's like not, a 1920s film. Yes. So it's not when the dudes press the ultra speed <laughs> button. <laughs> <That's different. laughs> There's literally scenes where it begins to look again like a Python skit because these cars go from, okay, they're going fast to, no, 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 not fast enough. And I'm guessing at the time, there, there was no good way in post production to make it look real. So they just sped the film up. You've hit on one of my biggest pet peeves of this movie, okay? That I just there's certain things in some of these movies, you know, like like when we watch Speed, it's like you can't keep a car over. Like I'm sorry, it, I, and I get hung up on these things. You can't keep a car over 55 miles an hour and go around turns and exits. So you, you look at the mix of vehicles that you had in the final chase scene, for instance. All right, so you had some regular cars, like look like you had like a whatever the Australian uh, Australian equivalent of like a Cadillac is. You had a couple like Trans Am looking like mm-hmm. Pontiac cars. 
and you had a semi truck tanker, all of which like these cars can probably all go like ninety to a hundred miles an hour minimum, I would think, on a straight line highway. Right. And then you had these little like homemade go karts. <laughs> yeah. Buggies. That were that were apparently driving ninety miles an hour. These buggies were going ninety. Yes, yes, sir. No, they weren't though. Like it doesn't make any sense. They're souped um, up. It was the apoc- it was the apocalypse. Or you was know? the semi truck going thirty miles an hour? Mm-hmm. I just it was like these. Did you get you these go karts are apparently going ninety miles an hour? But what? when they but when they literally you could tell they took the film and they're like bleep it let's speed up the film. <laughs> that was, that was so great. it lo- so it looks I like a that. cartoon, yeah, I know. which oh I don't God. think they cared about. They I clearly didn't care. I love that. Man, uh, what'd you guys think of the feral kid with the long hair? Right. It was basically Mel Gibson's and, sidekick throughout this and movie. And that is his name in the movie. Feral kid. There, there's no actual He doesn't name have a name. Him. He's the feral, then, kid. The feral in, kid. In the narration at the end, he says that eventually he becomes the leader of the group. So I'm guessing in the one that they brought back, he was in charge of the group by then. Also, 25 years. Good for him. I'm assuming he was about nine years old as the feral kid. And then you know, probably in his like, I don't know late teens or early 20s when he was the narrator that was mm-hmm. revealed at the end. So he, between the age of 9 and 20, learns how to speak fluid, uh, fluent nope. English. So In his defense, good. I think he's supposed to be in his probably 40s by the time he narrates that, though, because he said, I eventually took over the entire group. But anyway, my biggest disappointment is you got to kill a kid. You killed the dog. You killed everybody. Killed dog, which, yeah. by the way, I am fine with killing everybody. I don't care. I have a promise. Dogs. That kid has to die. That kid absolutely, positively has to get dragged underneath the moving <laughs> gas tanker at the end there and splattered. And for furthermore, what, 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 I'd like what, to see it. What would the purpose have been of killing the feral kid? My whole my whole takeaway from this film is everyone should have basically died, probably except for Mel. But then there's no story. Then it's, right. There has to be a story. That's, no, there really wasn't. That's my point. <laughs> it wasn't a story worth keeping, so they should have just killed everybody. But the feral kid's got to die. What do you mean? The story, no, they were trying to migrate to this beat, to this Oceanside I would, But I wanted it. So, so, spoiler alert, they have the gas in the normal cars. It's not in the tanker, and the that's juice. the ruse, the juice, right? The yeah. juice. I would have preferred that all of those cars also exploded and that they never got to their destination. Would Max have just died, too, and the, I don't and care. the series go I don't away? care. <laughs> so the, I would have blown the whole film up as soon as I could have. The feral kid is not in the third one. Like, the, like the, the pilot okay. is, the pilot, the goofy Australian pilot, who somehow the, the mom of the feral kid is attracted to, which is another mind-blowing part of this film, because the Australian pilot is one of the ugliest SOBs I've ever seen in my entire life. Terrible teeth, too. Terrible teeth. Um, so he's not, in the, he's not in the third one at all. So that, that's why all these are like great, because they're all one-offs. Like, you don't necessarily have to see them in chronological okay, order. Okay, so he like, could have died. They're like Rockies, like Phil is So the kid could have died. He could have died, yeah. But I like that. Would have liked to see him die. Also, would like how he learned how to speak so fluently, and I have the clip too at the end there. But like how he just, it, you know, all he does, yeah, ha, right. ha, and then also, and just as Papagallo had planned, we travel far beyond the reach of men on machines. The juice, the precious juice, was hidden in the vehicles. As for me, I grew to manhood. In the fullness of time, I became the leader, the chief of the great northern tribe. That was the last we ever saw of him. He lives now only in my memories. <laughs> have you guys have you guys ever said the phrase I grew to manhood? Just sounds kind of Shockingly weird. I haven't, no. <laughs> Maybe because I haven't. By the way, the the beginning of the plot summary on one of the websites I was perusing around on, 
Following a global war and the collapse of civilization after the Earth's oil supplies were nearly exhausted, barbaric anarchy has become the world's everyday law. Over under 50% chance that that exact thing happens at some point in the next 20 years. I can see it happening. I, it's an, I would say it's probably below 50%. It's below but 50, it's above but, zero. but it's above zero. Do we have the juice? The covered the pre- juice? The precious juice. Who has the juice? <laughs> the precious juice will be will be a thing there. Yeah. Is this how you guys would envision a post-apocalyptic world? No. No. No, what, not What does it look all. like for you? Or does it look more like I Am Legend? Where yeah. Yes, it looks something more like that. It's a blend. I, I don't see. I don't see uh, my my potential existence in the post apocalyptic world. I don't see it being spent in a desert in Australia. Okay, like well, I, I don't think you'd have much of a choice like in a post apocalyptic world. I see You're it, not hopping on a Delta flight. No, yeah. no, no, no. But I'm saying I see it being spent in in more of the rubbles of of this country. Mm. So I see I see it as being buildings exploded, build, um, but chaos. See, because it's the desert, there's really, you know, there's really not that much. Like, you got some Where do they get dead water bodies. From? Uh, there's a lot of things that they don't explain, Phil. Yeah, there isn't. There's a lot that, of things. That's that, my gripes. There's a lot there's of no grocery stores. Are there, the there, are there animals to kill and eat? Like, the, one woman's well, got, like, a nice braid. Like, how did she put the product in her hair to have the braid up and hold up like that? You know, like, the, the outfits are costume. one thing. It's called costumes. I guess. Give me costumes. Right. I don't get it. The dog dying, uh, though. I, I don't I do dog like the death. Dog. I don't I like the dog dying. I am fine with all animal and human death. I don't do dog death. Yeah, they they killed the, the dog with a, with a bow and arrow. Right. Also, uh, on the dog front and the food front, there was the scene where Max was just chowing down on a can of dog food yes, early in the movie. early on. When, when, when his friend then is watching it and wants the dog food, but he can't get at it. And then what, what, was, what was the deal with his buddy's homemade helicopter? I love that thing. That he's flying around. And then he lived. He got shot down. I want him to die, too. I want everyone to So dead. basically, Judd's opinion is just like, if everyone doesn't die, then these movies suck. No, right? no. This movie sucks okay. if everyone doesn't die. <laughs> no, let me be very clear. In Top Gun, in Top Gun, first of all, I'm fine with Goose dying, Ugh. but I didn't want them all to die. Oh, um, In this film, I embrace the deaths. Yeah, uh, real quick, favorite character of the movie. I got to go with the guy who reached up barehanded to try and catch the metal boomerang that with the razor's talk. edge and then his <laughs> fingers cut off. That was pretty good. Uh, where does this Mel Gibson performance rank for you guys of his among his all-time great he performances? Have, he doesn't have dialogue. I can't even judge well, it. Well, let me give you I'll give you some parameters here. So, we've got the Lethal Weapon series. So, we got Mad Max series, Lethal Weapon series. We've got The Patriot. Mm-hmm. We've got Signs. Oh, Signs. We've got Braveheart. And I'm going to throw uh, What Women Want into the mix, too. Of course you are. Great movie. Yeah. Rom-com. Are you serious? I, I'm not surprised you did that. I, it's a really I, good movie. I, it is a good movie. It's a good film. I think Helen Hunt yep. is in that movie. Yep. Does a great job. She has disappeared. I am going with um, I am going with his work in the Lethal Weapon series as my Mel Gibson choice. Yeah, I'm not a big Mel guy, but I do love Science. Science is one of my all time yeah. favorite films. In fact, we might be able to swing away. We might be able to move it into our spooky season here uh, that we're in, in I've, October. I've soured on Mel for obvious re- reasons through uh, re- recent years, so I'm probably not as big on Mel as I certainly was in the '90s. I had a lot more time for Mel before I found out he had some issues with. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, Mel he's, he's Mel went off demons. the deep end a little bit. Yeah. Mel doesn't really have an open mind to the, how the world works no. anymore. So I think that's I think that's probably jaded my um opinion of Mel Gibson. Um what else stood out to you guys before we oh, get Mel's, to Mel's Mel's hair. 
Um, it feels like by the Lethal Weapon series, they had it sort of 80s, like, quaffed, right, back a little bit. Um, his hair looks like mine in, in Mad Max, which is dude had more hair than me, rolled out of bed, showed up on the set, and they're like, action! Like, he had this—I mean, he's got a good head of hair at the time, but it's just this sort of— Untamed. There's nothing really to it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a post-apocalyptic. Yeah. World. Except for what Declan said, which is you did have some characters who clearly had been in makeup chairs in the morning before their post-apocalyptic experience began. Right. So there's some continuity issues in the yeah. movie. We need to. Oh, there's a ton of continuity issues. Here. Totally I is. mean, we we could actually, if I liked this film, we could break down the issues of a lack of things that. Well, I think it's fair to say. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I think that's what we should get into because the, the whole th- the whole thing when when the henchmen first show up to the refinery when Mel Gibson gets taken in there, they say you have one day to answer to like our response of give us the oil and we'll let you go. I think it's pretty clear like three to four <laughs> days go by before they actually have the tanker. They leave and then they go. Like Mel Gibson goes off in the night to get the tanker. He comes back with it. And then I still think there's like a good sunset and sunrise that happened between now and then when they actually leave. So when they say one day and then even like you have 12 hours, I think it was a good like day and a half before they actually left. I got another nitpick on that front. So they, they leave and they take off with the tanker and their plan is the, the, the actual gasoline is in the, the vehicles and then their little carrying cases and stuff. Why would you go through the trouble of filling that entire tanker with sand? What was the purpose of that? Why, does, why, not just, um, why can't it just be empty? Does sand have to do something with, like, I don't know if there's some maybe reaction with sand and gas or something. I, I don't know. But that was that was a weird part. Because then they're just wasting it, too. Well, like, it, presumably the, the tanker was was empty of gasoline. I think I know and why. And filled with just sand. I think I know why. I think it was for, and it's going to sound stupid. I think it was for effect at the end of the film. So something poured out of when it. When you, and, and. I think your first thought or mine was it's not blowing up. That seems odd. And then he goes back there and it's sand and he laughs and his his friend with bad teeth laughs. I think it was just for effect for the movie. So your answer so my, yeah, my question I don't is, think there's any reason why. I get why. that part. And my question is from a continuity standpoint. Yeah, you're right. Why would you go through the trouble of filling that whole freaking I'm saying, thing with sand I'm like saying if you're, right. you're the settlers? You wouldn't. <laughs> But for the audience, but but we were like, oh, that's where all the gas was, and it was sand. He fooled them. (laughs) By the way, the original cut of this film, according to Wikipedia, was more bloody and violent, but it was cut down heavily by Australian censors. Entire scenes and sequences were deleted completely or edited to receive an M rating. When it was submitted to the MPAA in the United States, two additional scenes. Wes pulling an arrow out of his arm, that was early, and a close-up shot of him pulling a boomerang out of his dead boyfriend's head were both shortened. So those scenes were going to be much like longer and more gory. Although there is a version of the film that includes the scenes trimmed down, no version without previous cuts exists. So this movie was going to be more disgusting, Hmm. more I'm glad it wasn't. I didn't need more blood. I got enough blood. It was a pretty good amount of blood. Yeah. Uh, what else, anything else stand out to you guys before we get to the definitive bad guy rankings here? Uh, when they like are halfway down the chase and then they realize, oh, shoot the tires, shoot the tires. Wouldn't that be the starting point to bust out those tankers' tires? Like or, there's there's yeah. eighteen of them, and you're and they take care of the two like snipers on top of them. They get 
killed super quickly. And then it was like, oh, yeah, shoot the tires. Like, wouldn't that be the get-go is to shoot off all these tires and then you can kill whoever the hell you want? Logically, that would make sense. Yes. Yeah. I didn't really get that either. I also thought the end chase scene was too long. Like, I got it after a while. It was like 20 minutes long. I didn't need it to keep going. And they, they did. If they're going to keep it going, to me, there has to be more things blowing up or something. Like, it just sort of kept going. And then to Dex's point, they shot the tires. Well, that's not super exciting to watch, which I get doing it. But at some point in time, I was like, why don't you just cut this down to uh, instead of 20, 15, 12? Okay. I still would have gotten it. What would you guys say, Roger Ebert, on a four-star rating scale, what would you say Roger Ebert thinks about this movie? Oh, Roger Ebert was, okay, so Gene Siskel and Ebert, I I recall Roger is more of a stickler for details, and I recall, I think Gene might have been a little bit more fun. I'm going to say Roger didn't like it. I'm going to say he gave it um, two, maybe. Dex, what do you, what do you think? I don't know this individual. Who is Robert? Roger famous Ebert? Yeah. Film reviewer. He's probably the most famous film reviewer, film critic of At all time. At the movies. He, di- he died oh. fairly recently. Okay, yes. Gene Siskel. Okay, okay. You're going to take crap on Twitter for that, but that's okay. That's you, were, okay. you were born after his prime. And I take crap my entire generation. Great show, crap. by the way. That's totally <laughs> fine. Movies, Sorry Siskel that my uh, previous generation failed me. Anyway, um, I will say he'd probably give it like a one and a half star. Roger Ebert gave this movie three and a half out of four stars. Wow. He said, Mad Max 2 is a film of pure action, of kinetic energy organized around the barest possible bones of a plot. It has a vision of a violent future world, but it doesn't develop that vision with characters and dialogue. It would rather plunge headlong into one of the most relentlessly aggressive movies ever made. I walked out of Mad Max 2 a little dizzy and with my ears still ringing from the roar of the soundtrack. I can't say I enjoyed the film, but I'll hardly forget it. Roger Ebert, all okay. in on Mad Max 2. The one the one thing that I will say is if you had reviewed that film or gone to see that film at the time, the, the issues with like special effects, which bug you now because it looks so bad, you probably would have thought was cool. Yeah, it probably so that was. Might be, yeah. So like, in, I'm just trying to think in the context of in a theater in 1981-ish, that probably would have, if you enjoyed that type of film, looked pretty cool. Where now I think you'd be like, oh, my God, no. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Like, coming out of the 70s, like, there weren't that many big blow up action movies before well, this. Like, there were some in the 70s, but... And th- think about this. At the time, Star Wars was revolutionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you watch it and they're like, really? That's, that's okay. That's yeah. cute. Not quite the budget of Star Wars in this one, but they may do with their $400,000. And- Good for well, them. They have more for this one. Good for them. All right. Definitive bad guy rankings here. So right now, the top, I'll go the top 10 here yep. that we've reviewed so far. Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, Cobra Kai from Karate Kid, Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, the Russian mobsters from John Wick, Dennis Hopper from Speed, Bodie from Point Break, and Dom from Fast and the Furious. At the bottom of the list, we have... Well, not applicable Top Gun. There was no villain in Top Gun, which is amazing. The incompetent Russian military, Rambo 3. The muggers from Death Wish. The French drug lord from Bad Boys. And Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours. Uh, Dex, where would you... You haven't seen all of these because you came into this segment after like 10 of these. But where would you look to put Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2 with the Jason Voorhees hockey mask and the... uh, 
Like de- the demolition tag team from the WWF right. in the 80s with their little dominatrix things. I would put him in the top ten. I'd put him above Vin Diesel. Whoa. Dude, Vin Diesel is not really like a true bad guy. Like he just steals cars. He's just like a cool dude. He's honestly cool. But I think there's an iconic factor here. Vin Diesel is one of the most iconic bad guys, but we get we but we put him lower on this list because he was actually kind of a good guy in right. the end. Right. So in terms of just pure bad guys, and like the humongous was a horrible individual. He was pretty bad. He was pretty bad. So he's not, I'm not going to say he's top five or in the top three. I won't go that far. But he's in the top ten. I don't 100% think in the top ten. I don't think he's near the bottom. So we'll, so we'll start with that. Like I don't think he's near the bottom. Joe, what are you, what are your thoughts? Well, he was a horrible horrible guy, but the character also was a terrible terrible actor. So <laughs> that's going to reflect on humongous because yeah, like um, he, he's not freaking. Uh, he's a backup goalie who was bored and got a job on this film and took his mask along. I'm going to put him. I'm going to put him, and I think this is completely fair because the characters are. The character is good at being terrible. The idea was. The writing was. The execution to me was shaky. Uh, I'm going to put him behind Vin Diesel. Okay, but like so, right behind him. Okay, so I think I think we're, we're keying in here. So the rankings go Bodie from Point Break, Dom from Fast and the Furious, into Molaram from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I will agree that he should be above Molaram from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. Okay. All right begrudgingly a little bit because I think reaching into someone's chest and pulling out their beating heart that, is I'm a pretty fu- amazing. But I'm comfortable there. Personally, I'm comfortable. I'm cool with it. Okay, we can we can agree on that one. All right, so he's now just outside the top ten. So Declan, we're, we're compromising That's on fine. that one. All right, and um, now we get to our one through de- uh, one through ten Seagull ranking system here. How many Seagulls would you give Mad Max to Road Warrior? <laughs> oh God. I, um, okay, so I, I I don't feel like this is that hard for me. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give it a two. I, I mean, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, thank God it, it was short. But I think when we're trying to review a film and the best thing I can say about it is the runtime, that's probably not really a compliment. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. All right, Dex? Give it a, give, give it a ten. It's oh, a okay. seven. It's a seven. It's a seven. It's the same ranking as Top Gun for me. It's a seven. That's a, out of that's 10. a crime. It's a you seven just committed. Out of that's 10. a crime. It's a seven out of ten. You just committed a crime against the segment. Dude, that is nuts. Seven out of ten. It's post-apocalyptic. It fits on brand with what we're doing. It does fit on it's, brand. It's, it's a yeah, quick I, I movie. Agree. It's not. I it's not off-brand. I don't. Yeah. I'm, seven out of ten. Wow. I'm with Judd. I wrote down that's two before Judd's. I'm going to stick with my two. It's. Um, it's just I don't know. Like I, there wasn't like here's part of the issue for me is it was on brand, so I'm not I'm not disputing that. Part of the issue of me is there wasn't like any charm to the movie. Like and by charm I mean little moments of levity and kind of fun. Like the moments of levity were just like weird Australian guys making like weird cheesy. You know what, you know? Dex? I think I I wouldn't love it, but I think that I would be much more. Um, I'd be much more inclined to give it a higher grade if it had just had some damn dialogue. Like I just wanted more. I just wanted some. Di- I mean, it's Mel Gibson. Give him some dialogue. If Mel Gibson, like, give him yeah. some one-off lines to Phil's point. Well, that if Mel Gibson had gone through, like I was kind of expecting before having ever watched the Mad Max movie, that Mel Gibson was going to play more of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Bruce Willis type of role. He's just going to like mow through and taunt people and. Maybe with an Australian accent, maybe like crack a crack some Fosters or something. I don't know. There, was, there just wasn't like they didn't let Mel be Mel, but Mel no, wasn't Mel totally. yet. Mel wasn't Mel yet, so it's it's a little bit tough. But nobody really got lines. Yeah, his buddy, his right. 
bad teeth guy, he could have got more lines. He might have been funny. I don't know. He maybe needed a toothbrush is what he yeah. needed. He had big teeth and they were yellow. So with that, with a two, a two, and a seven, the composite score there is a 3.7, which makes it the second worst movie we have reviewed wow. to this point ahead of only Bloodsport. So Bloodsport at the <laughs> bottom, Mad Max 2, <laughs> Wanted, Rambo 3, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom rounds out our bottom five for Action Movie Rewind. Bloodsport wow. will wow. never escape the basement of this. It would be tough. It would be tough. Well, I'm trying to figure out how Bloodsport got a three. It must have been because we had four people because Jonathan and Rami were part of it. And we just started, too. I gave it like a seven, and you guys all gave it like a one. I would I give it a different it, I would give it a different grade now. It would still be awful, but, but give I'd it? give it a I'd give it a two now. <laughs> okay. So you're going from a one to yeah, a two. Yeah, but that would get it up, but that would get the grade up a little bit. True. Well, it is what it is now. It's, it's etched in stone now. It's, in, it's number one of 25. So, all right. So I have a proposal for you guys here. I have two movies. It's my turn to select, right? Yeah. I think it is? Okay. Yep. So I have two movies in my in my possession right now for us to review next week. One of them is an action movie. One of them is a horror movie. And we were talking off microphone with it being October and it's scary movie season here for the next couple of months. If we should mix in as part of the Mackie and Judd and Declan go to the movies theme here, action movie rewind, if like once or twice a month we should mix in other genres. And at first we started talking about like it'd be kind of funny to review chick flicks because we could just like Sleepless in Seattle with Tom Hanks. But then we kind of landed on horror movies might be a better first cousin to action movies and right. they could kind of be easily interchangeable. Right. Yeah. So we're going to do horror movies. My question is when should we start? And how often should we do them? Should we should we do like one a month? Should we do every other week? We do an action movie, a horror movie. Here's here's what I propose because you're picking today the second, which means you will then pick again on the twenty third, which means we would review your next pick on October thirtieth, okay, the day before uh, Halloween. I see where you're going. Down. So I think pick an action movie for this week, okay, and then Halloween themed, literally going into the holiday. I like this. to round out the month. See, this is why this is why Declan Goff is uh, is here running the ship for us. He's got he's got the math and the calendar down. All right, so gentlemen, there is an action movie star, a legendary action movie star that we have not reviewed. We've done twenty five of these things. We have not reviewed this action movie star yet. Do you have any guesses as to who the star is? Mm. We've done an icon, a meme, Stallone, an ageless wonder of an action movie star. Man. With, with a glorious mustache. I feel Gentlemen, like- next week we are going to review Code of Silence with Chuck Norris. Oh, we haven't done any Chuck Norris. Uh, I, I don't think, I, I think the only Chuck Norris movie I've ever seen is that that movie where like he was the coach of the kid or something. I've never seen one. I've never seen a Chuck Norris film. I don't think, I don't I think I've either. ever seen one. I don't think I have. Right. So I would never so, would, would have gotten your uh, question. So basically, right none of us have seen like an actual real Chuck Norris action movie. So we're going to find out if it's more Rambo or if it's more. Blood sport. So code know. of silence? 100, 101 minutes. Hour and 40, Judd. Perfect. Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. Code of silence with Chuck Norris. And in fact, I think just for fun here. Oh, this looks good. Let me read the plot. I'm looking here. at the plot. It looks good. <laughs> it's, it's very Judd friendly. All right. So code of silence. Eddie Cusack. 1985. The plot is in Chicago. Honor-driven Sergeant Eddie Cusack and his team stake out a drug exchange involving a notorious drug czar. Cusack is caught off guard, however, when rival mafia kingpin Tony Luna and his disguised crew show up, unleash a torrent of gunfire, 
and make off with both the cash and the cocaine. Now it's up to Chuck Norris to fight both gangs in order to stop this the drug Seagal-like. war. This is Seagal-like. In fact, around this time, if I'm not mistaken, Seagal did a uh, film a, as a Chicago cop. Hmm. It's like Seagal. This is great. I can't wait. So, all right, okay, there, cool. so, so Code of Silence with Chuck Norris, and then we'll mix in a scary movie of, uh, of our choosing at the end of the month. Do you think you're the only one that suffered? We've all been through it in here. But we haven't given up. We're still human beings. Dignity. But you, you're out there with the garbage. You're nothing. 